Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your Wednesday. Jazz take on the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight in OKC. Uh, be interested to see the uh, the fallout from today's meeting. I don't think we've seen it all quite yet between the Board of Governors, the NBA, and the Players Association, but there will be fans in attendance in Oklahoma City tonight. I will say this, Jake, that uh, our conversation that you and I had uh, earlier has sparked a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of thought, and some agree with me and. Uh, not that we were really arguing with each other. We were just bringing up various points of view, and a lot of our listeners have various points of view. Yeah, and, and I think we were just talking really about, about values and about how to handle these types of situations, and there are reasons that they're really difficult to handle. And I just hope the people whose responsibility it is to um, represent society – uh, take it very seriously and are doing the best that they can for us. But it's it's tough. But keep in mind, and I've been saying this to people all day, keep, keep in mind, this the amount of cases for this particular virus in the hundreds in this country. And the deaths have been fairly minimal. I don't want to give out an exact figure, but uh, about half of those deaths have come from one nursing home in Seattle. But, so, but Jake, here's the problem with that, uh, minimizing it in that way, is nobody knows how bad it could get. That might be the tip of the iceberg. I know, but to... And that's what the doctor from the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases was saying. He said it's going to get worse. I know, but what does that mean? Well, I don't know, but he's he's an expert on this, right? But, I mean, I would expect him. I, I would be more likely to trust him and his judgment. He was the one that said that large gatherings shouldn't be happening. I think that's uh, that's something to listen to. Now, is he king of the world? No, but I, I think uh, it should be. Those recommendations should be heard and and uh, heavily considered. Okay. I'm not saying it's not so, without consequence. I get your point of view as well. I understand that it comes at a cost. So that guy is a federal employee. So why hasn't the federal government, on his recommendation, stopped operating? What do you mean? Why are federal employees going to work? Well, he's talking about large gatherings of 18,000 people. How many people work in a post office? I don't know. I don't know, Jake. And I, I mean, I don't know. How many people work at the U.S. Capitol? Where are you going to draw the line as to what's, How a, big lar- is Congress? what's a large gathering and what isn't? What, we looked it up uh, not that long ago. How many people are in Congress? It's different, are, are Jake. They- running a government is different than enjoying a basketball game as far as levels of priority. No, you're just willing to sacrifice going to a basketball game, but not the operation of the federal government. Well, in the name, how about in the, that? In I think the, that's a pretty solid priority. But, but you, in the name of safety, you, Gordon Monson, and I'm not saying this critically. I'm sorry. Maybe my voice sounds more aggressive than I mean it to. But that's the line that you've 
drawn for your opinion. Now, some people will call you panicking and some people will call you reckless. I'm just saying that I'm willing to listen to experts who, even though there are unknowns, there are people that know more about it than I do and than you do. And I think those people should be heard and and, and, and their opinions should be considered in a serious way. I mean, those reports that we're getting out of northern Italy, it seems like it's pretty bad. It seems like it's pretty bad. And, you know, I mean, you got to run the government, Jake. I mean, the government can't completely shut down. I mean, they, they, they've got to handle the important matters of the day. That's different than getting a beer and sitting your butt down and watching some uh, good transition defense. But if there's truly for the greater good and the safety of folks and, and uh, you know, preventing uh, this disease from going further, then they would not, because it's going to get worse, Gordon, then you wouldn't people put people in harm's way if you followed that logic to its conclusion. When was the last time 18,000 people showed up in the halls of Congress? No, but you've had uh, congressmen that were exposed to it. So why didn't they shut down all of Congress? That uh, that guy who made fun of it with the gas mask, what's that guy's name? Gets? Gates? Look that story up, Austin. Uh, is now self-quarantined because he was exposed to it in the CPAC virus. So why don't they shut down the government? You're smart enough to know the difference between the two. I'm just telling you, if you follow that logic where something bad could happen to the extremes, then you're opening the door to something worse. (sighs) Okay. uh, Uh, It's Gates, by the way, and he says he was doing it out of sincerity, not as a joke. You should, like, read the quote of what he said. It was... He said, Made light. I was quite serious. The threat to Congress is real, as I explained, based on travel and habits like selfies and handshakes. Anywho. So who knows who's telling the truth? So there... Isn't that, a, that, that, isn't that sort of one of the uh, core issues in life, is figuring out who's telling the truth? So there... Because the truth seems to be quite evasive. So there was a corona patient at CPAC... So why don't they quarantine every person at that con- at that conference? Every congressman, every senator, every lobbyist, everybody at that conference, quarantine Jake, them because, you know like, what, they like, could possibly no, be spreading it. It's like what happened at the BYU basketball game, that there was somebody there. So what did they do? They contacted the people that were in close proximity to that person, which I think is a smart thing to do. So uh, that's what you do. So you, you might you might talk to the people who are in close proximity to that individual, and you move forward with the best information you have from there. So that's that's your judgment. Yeah. What about the person out there who says, "Wow, there was an affected person in that twenty group of twenty thousand people. Quarantine them all because they all could have been exposed." Because, and they're all going to their churches, it's, it's, and they're all going to their basketball unlikely, games, and they're all going to the grocery store. Everyone in attendance was exposed. According to who? Your guy in the federal government told me it's going to get worse. Well, right. And we it's, don't it's know what the, the car is lurching toward the intersection, whatever that means. So <laughs> so everybody, including yourself, who was at that game, you could have been exposed. Could have, but I wasn't. Apparently, I wasn't near the guy. Now, maybe we got on the elevator together. So where do you draw that line? Who draws that line? Uh, there has to be some common sense approach to it, you know. But I understand why officials are concerned, and I understand why the Warriors are not going to have people at their home game. I get it. 
there have been a num there have been numerous cases in that part of the country, and they don't want to make it worse. And I I can respect that. I understand that there are costs involved. I understand that there are people who work at the arena at the games who are going to end up losing money. I understand that the Warriors are going to lose money. But I think they're doing a responsible thing by judging it to the best of their ability and making a decision rather than just ignoring it and sticking their head in the sand and say, oh, I'm afraid to make a decision. I don't want to look panicky, so I'm just going to go on business as usual. Well, who's they? Well, I imagine that ownership made that decision. Well, they win on the recommendation of the politicians right. that are in Northern okay. California. so that Which is probably a smart thing, too. Okay, and that's, that's fine. And, and, but you understand San Francisco, Salt Lake, Oklahoma City are different places dealing with different circumstances. I do understand that. Yeah. Uh, people are, of course, torn on this. Uh, which is fine. I mean, it's it, it's <laughs> there's a reason it's a huge, huge topic. Um, let's see here. Um, Super on Twitter says you have a higher risk of being struck by lightning than you do of dying from the coronavirus. Uh, Scott, though, the very next tweet says your CV takes are incredibly moronic. Uh, Hector says uh, so. One doctor says panic, so we have to panic. I've heard plenty of other doctors saying the media is blowing this out of proportion, but you do need to do basic stuff to stay clean. Somebody says the government can't shut down. Um, January 2019 would like to have a word with you. Uh, Hayden says we should probably shut down all the subways, buses, and airports. There are thousands of more people at those every day than at sporting events. No, because people aren't willing to sacrifice that. We're willing to put the pressure on the NBA well, I, I to make think, some sort I, but, of decision. But I, think, I think it's a matter of priority, though, Jake. I think some things judged by those who are in power, some things are more important than others. What does this mean for the Summer Olympics? Yeah, that's uh, up in the air right now. That that seems bigger. That seems like a bigger problem than the NBA. That's international travel to yeah. Japan. Oh, they're keeping an eye on it for sure. That's that's a that's something to pay attention to. See how it goes. And I will say this, and I, I bet a lot of people listening would agree. I'm pretty happy I'm not making the decision. But I hope those that do like our local leaders who we elected to make these types of decisions are making them uh, with the proper information. Quinn says, uh, Gordon, I was totally with you until you said that we would be sitting back and watching good transition defense. I don't know that I've seen that in a long time. Been a minute, huh? They played good defense against Boston. Who said that? Quinn? Yeah. Quinn what? Uh, Quinn uh, Snyder? No. Oh. Transition defense has been a bit of an issue. Well, defense overall. We talked a lot about that. Uh, it'll be interesting to, to see what they do tonight against Oklahoma City if we want to evolve the conversation here for a moment. Uh, because OKC plays a little bit more traditionally. Will that be a good thing for the Jazz or a bad thing for the Jazz? Well, it's always interesting anytime Rudy Gobert goes up against Steven Adams, in my opinion. And Steven Adams is one of those guys who's going to take him outside and hit a bunch of threes. I don't know. How many threes does Stephen Adams shoot? I, I don't can, even know. Probably none. But the problem with Stephen Adams is he pushes Rudy around. Yeah, he does. He has at times. Which you just don't see a lot of teams anymore with players capable of doing that. But Stephen Adams is one of them and has done it in the past. Yeah. So how did the Jazz and how does Rudy adjust? Because, you know, if they sag Stephen Adams 
and don't let Rudy get to the rim. He's very capable of doing that. Yeah. So and, how did the Jazz adjust to that? And who's gonna who's gonna handle Chris Paul? I mean, we've talked about Mike Conley and his defense and his struggles in that regard. But is he going to be able to be effective against the the the, the motor, the machine behind, or the motor behind the machine? That's what Chris Paul is: a terrific leader, uh, a terrific setup guy, and a man who can also score the ball in clutch situations. So, I mean. I don't know. And uh, you, you I mean you've been praising Gilgis Alexander for a long long time as you should. By the way, Stephen Adams is one of 3 from 3. Uh, <laughs> so this he's year. not going to be dragging Rudy. That'd be funny if he stood outside the arc. Hey, he's shooting 33%. <laughs> Come on now. By the way, is Rudy shot a 3? Remember uh, there was speculation about that that he might at some point. Wasn't that a prop bet? Well, Tony Bradley made one the other day. So, I mean, Rudy, is Rudy going to hit a three this year? Has he taken one? He's, uh, let's see. Never Rudy. taken one in his career. Yeah, he hasn't taken one yet. Zero for zero. Can I, let me comment on your Chris Paul point, because I think, I, I think you're on to something that's really important. Can Mike Conley stay in front of Chris Paul? Because that's the exact type of player he has to, right? Because mm-hmm. he's, he's not outsized by Chris Paul. So he's the one who really needs to go take him. Because it's not all the time you get the other team's best player is a small point guard. So this is actually a really important game for Mike Conley to play well on defense because then you can let Donovan or Royce or somebody else deal with uh, Gilgis Alexander and Conley can match up against somebody his own size. I know that sounds weird, but it just doesn't happen a lot anymore. So I actually think it's really important. Tonight is an important game for Mike Conley on both sides of the ball. And not just a, a point guard his size, a point guard his age. At 30, well, he's 34, Chris Paul is. So Chris isn't lightning quick as he once was. So tonight's kind of a tonight's kind of a game for him to, to show his stuff, yeah. I think. I, I, I would concur. As <laughs> but, long as all the fans stay out. Uh, right. By the way, I have a, a Dr. T on Twitter. I don't know if he's actually a doctor, but he said I'm way over the top on this topic. He says he usually agrees with you, though. Oh, there was a, oh, well, you know, once take, in a while. You can take the good with the bad, the bad with the good. Once in a while is not bad. Sure. Knock yourself out. I'm not trying to go way over the top. I'm just not the type of guy who likes to sacrifice my freedoms lightly. I understand what you're saying. But are you suggesting that knowing what you know now, would you tell everyone NCAA tournament proceed as normal? All the conference tournaments proceed as normal. Uh, NBA games proceed as normal. See, those, those are complicated for different reasons. But NCAA tournaments, I, I would have no problem if these organizations just honestly uh, acquiesced to local leaders. So if, if the governor of Ohio doesn't want fans in, uh, in his events, well, then hold the NCAA tournament without fans there. There's, there's an outbreak in Seattle, but not in um, Spokane. Or not an outbreak, that's too severe language, excuse me. But there's a cluster in Seattle, but mm-hmm. there's not in Spokane. So why not let fans enjoy it in Spokane? Why don't you just go by the, let local it, it, leaders do their jobs but, and but, go but, by it, those it, guidelines? But, but if you do that, what you're suggesting there is that Mark Emmert would take himself so low as to actually listen to, you know, peons in local government. You know, because Mark is sort of views himself as, uh, you know, divine, does he not? Somewhat. 
But here, I'll, I'll tell the NCAA as an institution, you know, as a whole. I mean, you want them to actually like listen to the local and federal government? I would love that. And and further, <laughs> if I were Mark Emmert or Adam Silver, for that matter, I would be asking myself the question: Do I want this responsibility of the consequences of this this decision one way or the other? Well, I mean, so, but Adam Silver has never shied away from. I mean, they've taken positions, Jake. In politics and other places that were quite controversial, which paints him into a really awkward corner when it comes to this, because as he he's his league has made the statement that they're out for the betterment of society, whoever's judgment of the betterment that right. that may be. That's their focus. And in the and, past, some people have said, yeah, you're doing the right thing. And others said, no, no, you're treading on pl- in places you shouldn't go. Right. And so now there's some moral responsibility from the NBA for the well-being of its fans, its customers which paints it into an awkward position because if they do nothing and somebody, some spread of this virus comes from an NBA game, they're at fault. But if they do something and the virus turns out to be nothing, but he cost his league millions of dollars, well, that's probably not going to real, be real popular uh, from a professional standpoint. But see, what the doctor with the National Institute is saying is that it isn't nothing. It is something. Hmm. Right. Well, the swine flu was something, and we didn't do this. I know, but just because somebody didn't do something in the past doesn't mean that you always got to live by that blueprint. Except for that was likely the correct decision. I don't because know. Because the, the I, swine not... flu, because it ran its course, it was what it was. America didn't but, come to a screeching nobody, halt. And... But nobody knew that, and nobody knows that about this particular situation. What do you mean nobody knew that? They don't know that that's going to be the case. That's just going to run its course and then be done. Nobody knows that. Nobody knows how bad this could this this might be. I mean, they're trying to make their best guesses. But I, all I'm saying, Jake, is that maybe sometimes caution is a good thing. And I understand it comes at a cost. I mean, that should have been your point throughout all this. And I get that. I understand that. But, I mean, there's costs on both sides. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with that. But you've got to weigh one against the other. You do. And just by saying, well, this could become something is not a good enough reason for me. Well, he didn't didn't say that. He didn't say the doctor didn't say it could be something. He said it's a big problem. It's going to get worse. So if that's true, why isn't the federal government spearheading somebody to do more? But that's true, aren't they? No. The federal government didn't is, they throw like uh, $8 billion in it? At treating the disease, which, terrific. Let's do that. That sounds well, great. What else can they do? Let's you arm- already criticized the governor of Ohio for shutting everything down. Well, except for his own personal interests. <laughs> That's what I criticized the governor of Ohio for. It's Is it necessary to take that step? Is it If it is, we should all take it very seriously. But if well, I think people are taking it seriously. If you looked around at like public transit in Los Angeles and Seattle and places like that, I mean, even the freeways have been far less crowded than they typically are. And, and would you attribute that to panic or would you attribute that to being reasonable and wise? Scott uh, says, uh, talks to me, he keeps saying sacrificing your freedoms. What freedom are you talking about? Your, your very freedom to walk around the street. Your very freedom to lose, you, to leave your front door. Your freedom to go to a basketball game. Well, your freedom to go to work. Your freedom to go you, to church. Nobody has said you can't leave your front door. But where's the end? 
Where where is this going? Jake. Because if we apply your logic across all, of all of life, why are why are we here? Well, if you apply your logic, then it's a free for all. It's not and a free for all. Everyone do whatever you want. They're, you know, until it's absolutely written in stone, then do whatever you want. Go to the basketball games. Sit there with 18, 19, 20,000 people. If that's what I want to do, thank you. Well, yeah, but it affects more than just you. It does affect more than just me, but what is necessary, what freedoms are worth giving away for this for that safety yeah, you're but talking somebody about. else is going to the game and they're sitting next to a guy and the guy coughs on him one time and spreads it and coughs the other way and spreads it there and then those people leave i mean they exercise their freedom to go to the game but now they go home and they spread it to their parents they spread it to other family members they spread it to their friends they spread it to their co-workers Okay, well, what happens because if, in the name of freedom? What happens? And then, and then ten people die from that situation, and but you have your freedom. Mm-hmm. Freedom's important. Why don't they quarantine everybody at that BYU game? Because everybody wasn't exposed to that one individual. How do you know? Well, I'm pretty sure of that. I mean, you could have passed there him were in the people, hallway. There were many people at that game that I I was there, but I didn't see them. And if I didn't see him, then I can't expose anything to him, right? You don't know that. What do you mean? You don't know. You could have passed a guy in the john. You have no idea. I couldn't have passed 18,000 people in the john. You might have, though. That's (laughs) the point. Sometimes the lines look like they're that long. That's the point, though, is that where where do we say, oh, well, that that is ridiculous. They find a reasonable course to try and follow. And I agree with you. I mean, they can't go and contact all 18,000 people that were at the game. But they can contact the people who they thought were near them. Hmm. And not just near them, but if you're sitting next to somebody like that, you're next to, they're cheering, they're yelling, uh, they're they're, uh, sitting there for two plus hours. So I agree with you. I agree with the actions that they took. I 100% do. But it doesn't satisfy your standard of what could happen. What could have happened? I mean, Jake, he I, I, I understand there's no absolutes here and it's not 100 percent in all ways. But I think there is some common sense that can be applied based on the risk versus the reward. And, and that's what people, you know, people who run the NBA, that's what they, I guess they're paid to make these decisions. Those people who are elected to certain offices, they are elected to make decisions that are for the greater good. And I, I I love your I love your attitude toward freedom. Terrific, but this overlaps into other people's freedoms and other people's welfares as well. Mm, all right. Well, we'll we'll push pause on this for the moment because okay. uh, we can get to more. We can get to more basketball. We can talk about what happened in the Utes today too. Coming up. Um, want to remind you about our friends at Syringa Networks, home to the complete business telecom and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for the 21st century. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Slow Mojo. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK. PK. 
It's later in the year. Everybody knows our rules. Some of the pieces have changed, and all the pieces now just kind of fit together, and you could just read the floor, and all five guys can do their job, and it makes everybody's life easier, including yours. I said it at the start of the season. I don't have a problem of coming off the bench. I want to win, and if that's the best-case scenario for me to be in that role, then I'll do it to the best I can. We've got a really, like a really good team, probably easily the deepest team since I've been here in the, the six years, and it's about us finding the right style of play and the right tempo and just got to obviously take advantage of it every time we come down the floor. Oh, yeah. Catch Jazzman Joe Ingles with DJ and PK every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thank you for making us part of your day. I want to remind you about our friends at Ken Garf. Get a new Jeep or Ram for less at Ken Garf West Valley Chrysler. Jeep Dodge Ram. The Utes lost today in the Pac-12 tournament. Gordon on a last-second shot. Oh, it was a heartbreaker, too. They lose to the Beavs 71-69 to in the first round of the Pac-12 tourney. I don't know if the Utes are going to be an NIT team. Uh, we heard that the CBI has been canceled. We don't know what the NIT is going to do or with, if the Utes would be in the field anyway. Of course, that's a little bit different than the NCAAs where they have home venues. Um, but uh, what do you think about the status for Larry Kraskoviak? I, I think it is worthy of question. I mean, we talked with Mike Yam about this yesterday, and he just sung Larry's praises. And I think that is uh, is... <laughs> Uh, is being too kind. I, I, I'm not saying he should be fired, but I'm I'm saying it should be looked at because he's what is he the 12th highest paid coach in America? Something Some, like that. Yeah, something along those lines. He's making a lot of money, and when you make a lot of money like that, I think a lot of responsibility comes along with that. And unlike NBA situations, uh, the coach of a college basketball team obviously is uh, the kingpin. He's the one that makes the decisions. He's the one that recruits the players. He's the one who feels betrayed when those players leave the program or feels justified in, in running them off. He's the one that's making the decisions. He's the one that draws up the X's and O's. And so a lot falls at his feet. You and I have talked about this. It doesn't it seem like in college football, that this is true a little bit in college football as well, where the coaches are the stars, but the players are the stars too. It shared a little more. I think in, in college basketball, it is without a question that the coaches are the stars. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, certainly. They get, they get the camera time. They get, the, they get uh, referred to. They get interviewed. And so if things aren't going particularly well, and it's been a while for the Utes now, uh, yeah, there's responsibility that comes with uh, with all that green. You agree? I do. I do agree. I think about the timing, though. I think if they were going to move on from Larry, they should have done it last year. And I realize that his buyout makes it more complicated than just whether or not to find another guy. 
But now you look at the team, and it was so young, and you've got Ryland Jones, and you've got this, uh, you know, Timmy Allen, you've got this kid coming in who you hired his dad last year to, uh-huh. to land this big-time recruit who's supposed to be something, and he's coming in, and it, it, you look like you've got the, the basics to build something, right? Whereas, you know, last year you were turning it over. It would have been more convenient to move on and bring in another coach to build it again. But there's no way you're going to – is the University of Utah willing to uh, cast away, what would it be, almost $9 million? I don't know. And they weren't prepared to do that last year, obviously. So, but hey, but you, you bring up a good point. It is a young team, right? And you've got young pieces like Ryland Jones should be pretty good. Yeah, I mean he should be a really good player. And Larry's problem has been recruiting NBA talent. And in recent years, the one NBA talent he did have, I don't think he took full advantage of. Now people can probably argue that, but Kyle Kuzma—they certainly didn't win a conference championship with Kyle Kuzma, right? Well, he had he had Pirtle too. Well, now, Pirtle was before Kuzma, right? So you had Pirtle and DeLon Wright, and that's when the Utes were good. You look at when the Utes were good under Majerus. They had at least two, uh, max of four or five NBA guys on it Mm -hmm. at all times. Even even NBA guys that were not, you know, Keith Van Horn per se, but you look at like, uh, I mean, our boy Britton spent some time in the NBA. Hanno Medela spent some time in the NBA. Going back further, Josh Grant spent some time in the NBA, right? Byron Wilson, was that his name? He was an NBA draft pick. There's a certain point guard. Andre Miller, obviously, mm-hmm. who's, who's just amazing. I was trying to think the less obvious ones, oh, but okay. still, but still NBA guys nonetheless, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to be an NBA All Star on your roster, but you got to have a couple NBA guys. And Larry has not been able to recruit those NBA guys at a consistent level. He had them before, and now he doesn't really hasn't really had them. But uh, but he did haul the program out of a, a deep ravine. You know, and now so he's going to have to do it again. Yeah, so you're giving credit for that this year. Uh, the Utes obviously have struggled, especially road games, just absolutely destroyed them. But uh, there is that that potential for a bright future. So I I don't think he's going anywhere. But well, you know, then there's the logic. You look at what Utah State did. And they moved on from Durier at a point where the cupboard was fairly full for the next guy, and Craig Smith comes in and takes it to the next level. So maybe if you think you do have young pieces, maybe now is the time because you bring in another another guy who can take advantage of the talent that's there. That's a good point, too. I'm glad I'm not making that decision. Because I can, I think you can make arguments either way. Well, what Craig Smith did was he not only kept the core of the team. I know they lost uh, what was it, Colby McEwen, who was pretty good, but they they retained the core of the team and then add Nimi Keda yes. to it. Mm-hmm. So if you moved on from Larry Kraskoviak, you you should be pretty confident that you would hang on to the core of the team. Now, if you fire Ryland Jones's dad. <laughs> He might not stick around. He might not stick around to be on the team anymore. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a little more complex. All right, so let me put you on the spot. It's your call. What do you do? Oh, man. Because if you don't do it, is it just a temporary thing? Like, isn't that the problem? What's, what's the overall health of the program? What's the overall health of the culture? Do you think the problem this year was actually that they were young, or do you think it goes deeper than that? I think there's a little bit of uh, more than just that. If it goes deeper than that, then I think you got to move on. Well, a lot of players have left that program, and I know that's not unusual these days. It does happen. What about you? 
if I'm minding the uh, the, the the vault, I, I think I'm going to take that into consideration. Uh, breaking he's still he's still owed. What's he owed? Five six million something like that. Breaking news, Gordon. Uh, according to Andy Larson of the Salt Lake Tribune, both Rudy Gobert and Emmanuel Mudiay are out for the Jazz game tonight with an illness. Hmm. All right. Well, that uh, that'll give an opportunity for Tony Bradley to uh, see how he can do against uh, Big Stephen Adams. Maybe even Ed Davis. But yeah, this is a bummer of a game to be missing Rudy Gobert because we know Stephen Adams you know, is a load. What, and I'm, I'm sure you'll talk about this with Gordy. But man, what kind of opportunity does this give the Jazz, the other Jazz players, to see what they can do defensively? Because you brought it up. A couple of years ago, remember when uh, when Rudy got hurt and the Jazz players, the other players had to had to rally. Yep. And remember, they became better defenders. Yeah, it took more than one game. It though. did. Yeah. <laughs> it took all a long time. It took more than one game. But uh, it's an opportunity for them to focus on their defensive effort and see if they can do a little better than they have typically done. Yep. All right, uh, we'll have the Not Sports Report coming up next. Then we'll give away for Jazz Game Night pregame show straight ahead right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is your chance to win tickets. Win. It's a win ticket Wednesday. 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 Caller number 12 right now at 855-340-ZONE. And you'll win tickets right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Well, caller right now, 855-340-ZONE. It is a win ticket Wednesday and caller 12 wins tickets to go see Brad Paisley. He's coming with his Love and War Supporting Tour for 2020. Uh, Coming uh, with Jordan Davis and Gabby Barrett Saturday, May 18th at USANA Amphitheater. Tickets on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com or simply be the 12th caller, 855-340-ZONE. More straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Alfonso Anderson. Are you a one shining moment guy? Do you like that montage they do every year? Oh yeah, that little commercial fires me up a little bit. <laughs> See? Yeah, no doubt. Growing up as a basketball player, now you've always wanted to be in this spot. Here you go. You guys know you're going to be dancing. <laughs> What's going through your yep. mind? What are you going to do to try and get on one shining moment, Alfonso? <laughs> you know, just play hard every day, really. <laughs> like I remember growing up in elementary school, the, uh, the teacher would throw it on the, the TV in class and I was the one that was always too distracted and didn't do the schoolwork because I was watching March Madness. <laughs> For me to be here right now, be in a situation, it's good, and I just got to take advantage of it, you know? Just continue to work hard until we get there, and when we get there, do what I know I can do and perform well. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Oh. Check this out. And now, your not sports report on 97.5-1280 The Zone. And the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Real quick before we get to the Not Sports Port, more COVID-19 related news. Yes. The Big 12 and Big 10 for their conference tournaments are going with limited access, Gordon. Uh, Each team will get about 125 tickets, and that'll be it. 
no bands, no cheerleaders. Yeah, I think this is uh, just the tip of the iceberg. I think this is going to happen a lot. Let's get to the Not Sports Port, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online at lhmusedcars.com. Gordo, where are we going today? Okay, I got two. Uh, one is uh, unfortunate, and the other one is gross. The the latter of the two was handed off to me by Hans. I think he might have mentioned it on uh, on those guys' show as well. But it is so egregious that it is worth repeating because, as a great radio mind said, radio is not linear. Yes. All right. So a Washington D.C. mom was uh, run over uh, by a robber who uh, hit her. And then stole $1,500 in Girl Scout cookie money. Like hit her with his car? Yeah. She was helping her triplet daughters sell the cookies, and um, she uh, she was uh, hit, hit and run, and the $1,500 was stolen. It's a crazy world we live in, Jake, when the Girl, that's, Scout, that's the Girl Scout money that's is terrible. not safe. Okay, here's the gross one. From Sioux City, Iowa. That last one was from Washington, D.C. This one, Sioux City, Iowa. Apparently, a, uh, a customer was at a, a restaurant named Jim's Burgers. Jim's. Jim's. Okay. And he got himself uh, a burrito. And he was uh, chewing away on that burrito. And uh, happened to find something mixed in that seemed out of place was rolling around inside the burrito as he was trying to cut it. Turns out it was a mouse. Gross. A dead mouse. Why are we talking about this? Because <laughs> it's unusual. <sighs> I hope. I've got some breaking news. Can we so, get to that? Oh, hold on a second. Uh, it was, uh, uh, you know, the, apparently uh, the, the folks, it's been substantiated that it was, in fact, a mouse. And then Jim's Burgers came out and said, well, whoa, whoa, you know, this employee that fixed that burrito has been around for 18 years. And they're <laughs> to ensure that it won't happen in the future. The restaurant is adding cameras directed toward the food prep area and cameras placed in the dining area. Uh, restaurant reps said, uh, quote, to conclude, we are going through a turbulent time. We are a small family run business. And this takes a toll. We've seen everything from racist comments, prejudgments uh, and wild rumors. However, we have also seen loyal customers defend us and local businesses show support for this. We could not be more grateful. And then they issued a statement after that saying we are in no way suggesting that the customer did this himself or that he himself is racist. We are simply confused about the entire situation and how it could have happened. They have refunded the customer, uh, his money, and welcomed him back to come back for a different meal some other time. I'm not sure that's quite enough in recompense. Uh, no. You ready for the breaking news? Yeah. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski reporting with Zach Lowe of ESPN. Consensus among NBA owners, or excuse me, owners on board of governors call with the league office was either continue the season with no fans in arenas or have NBA take a hiatus for a period of time. NBA is expected to have decision as soon as Thursday on next steps. That's a biggie. And uh, I respect the care 
and the consideration that they're giving to this uh, this thing. Uh, we've been talking about it throughout the whole show, Jake, and different people have different opinions about how this should be handled. But I think it's uh, it's heartwarming to know that people who are in positions, decision makers and in positions of power are seriously considering the ramifications of this whole thing. So that's the breaking news that uh, the Board of Governors had a meeting with the NBA today. And they're either going to to uh, proceed with perhaps having no fans in the arena or simply take a hiatus, which would be really interesting because you just proceed almost like a, uh, a lockout shortened year where you just play fewer games. Or would they push the schedule back and try to make up those games? If if I were running it and I decided to follow that tack, I think I, w- I would... I would try to include the whole season. Now, I know that gets difficult with scheduling, with arenas and with events and all that sort of thing. But do you think they could take a hiatus and then complete the entire season? Man, there's and a lot. And finish in like end of in July. July. There's so many moving parts. I would think that that – I'm not saying it wouldn't be possible because I frankly don't know. But, man, that would be hard. Wow. Okay, so if they didn't make up the games – then that makes the Jazz's current position that much more of a solid thing. Correct. Because if you end up only playing, what, five more games, then that's it sort of cements you where you are in the standings, right? I would think that's what they'd have to do. They took a hiatus. They'd have to eat that money and then pick up the season where they left off because I don't I mean, you're right about, like, they say this building, for example, we have events sure. all the time. Yeah. And so how easy would that be to drop games into that schedule when you're not planning on it, let alone like a like a television calendar? You know, these television networks have different things that they air at different times. I mean, I don't know how flexible that is. Maybe where's David James when you need him? Maybe he could tell us about some of this. But I don't know how possible that really is. Yeah. Well, I think a fan should should be grateful that folks are taking this seriously and looking for a a safe, healthy, reasonable solution to a very difficult problem. Well, I guess we'll find out tomorrow. Yes. According to the report from uh, from Wojnarowski. Yeah, so, sounds like it. Stay tuned. Well, we know we'll have a game tonight. And Coach Chiesa is here, so we know we're going to have a pre-half and post-game show. <laughs> That's happening. Uh, well, Gordon- I don't think anybody is has ever considered this kind of thing before. I've never thought of this. Have you? I mean, it's one thing to have labor strife. It's another to be really worried about a pandemic. Yep. Oof. Interesting show. Yeah. Well, this is not going to be the last of this topic, I assume. No, I have a feeling that we'll go on discussing it. And you and I, uh, well, we, I don't think we completely disagree on I don't it, Jake, but I think that, that the various corners of consideration can clash. Yep, they certainly can. All right, Gordo, uh, be good, buddy. All right. We'll see you tomorrow uh, down in Orem, huh? Yes, you will. All right. Uh, Jazz Game Night pregame show starts next, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. I knew that was about the end of it. So long, farewell, I'll be here goodnight. I hate goodbyes. This thing is... That'll do, Peggy. That'll do.